Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 36. I am Matt O'Leary. I am joined by Mitch Anderson. And as soon as I said the number... <coughs> oh my God, I'm choking on water. I, I didn't know if that was a cough, a choke, a sneeze. Something uh, happened. A dying... Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, oh God. This is what fatherhood will do to you, Mitch. <laughs> that was like... I was so delayed. I took a glass, a sip of water, like a minute or two before we actually hit the record button. And then two minutes later, that's when it was kind of like, nope, you have to cough, loser. Oh, my body sucks. I'm not buying that that was a real cough. Do you know what I think it was? What's that? You were trying to buy yourself some more time to figure out who Oh, I got 36. it, baby. Who? I got my number 36. Travis Hamannick. He last wore it in 2011 before he switched to number three. Boom. Ooh, Homework. Yes. Okay, good one. I like uh, that one. That's the best one I could think of, like, the whole list. They're all, they all wore it for like a year, maybe two, maybe. It's not a good number. Ray Schultz wore <laughs> no. it from 99 to 03. Eric Bolton wore it from 2013 to 16. Yeah. yeah. So like shrug emoji. Mm? I like that Hamannick answer, though. I wasn't expecting that. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. Feel good about that. So no, it was a real cough. I'm not a con artist, as you seem to believe. I'm not buying it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so I want to jump right in and, and just get this thing cooking for the Islanders. Yeah, because obviously there's no news. Nothing's happening except for the fact that the Islanders aren't playing and everyone, every other team in existence seems to be firing their GMs. That's not that's not true. Two. It's been two teams. But yeah, still. But it's still frustrating, right? Yeah, I know. We didn't want to talk about that, but did you like that wasn't on our running order because it happened before we decided or after we decided. Um, did you want to like touch on that briefly? Yeah, let's hit it on that quick to start things off. So the Wild are—they st- haven't fired him, but they—they won't renew Chuck Fletcher, whose I guess contract is up at the end of the year. And so they've decided that we're done. We've assessed the situation, and we realize that our good is not good enough. Oh, Meanwhile, the so- Isles are like, "Oh, my thumbs can twiddle when I turn them." Wowie. So they realized that they struggled to go anywhere deep in the playoffs. So they said, hey, we need to make a change at GM. But yeah. the Islanders are sitting here just like, no, let's ride this thing out. Yeah. And it, like the Wild have made the playoffs for the last six years in a row and won a series. I think if not two, no, the one in six years. Yes, that is absolutely frustrating. But that was enough grounds for them to fire their GM who's been there for nine years. Not as long as Garth, but pretty darn long. I think he's the third or fourth tenure, the longest tenured GM in the league. That's insane. Yeah, and I think he definitely got a fair chance. You can't argue that yep. he was kicked out too soon. I think, you know, six kick at the cans come uh, playoff time and you don't do enough to get over the top and make a real run for the cup. I think you deserve to lose your job. And obviously we both Mm -hmm. are on the same page. We think Garth deserves to lose his job. So it's definitely frustrating to sit back and just watch teams make smart decisions. Really? If we want to boil it down to just (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, again, the Isles are like, Hey, look at this. Hey, Scott, did you know your thumbs could twirl? Wow. This is amazing. Like that's what they're doing right now. It seems like maybe we've had the rumors that maybe they're looking into other people, but they're going to wait until they're available, which could be June. Um, but still, like, 
that doesn't seem good enough. You can still kick Garth upstairs. You can still kick him out if you're going to fire him, even though you plan on hiring someone else later. You can still do that. And the fact that they haven't shows tells me that they're not really sure of what they're trying to do. No, I, I don't think they have any semblance of a plan right now, which is a really scary thing because this is one of the bigger off-seasons in Islanders' history of the, last, of the last few years, anyway. I can't disagree with that. That's absolutely accurate. Frustrating. Hashtag frustrated. Definitely frustrated. Want to jump into the player grades for this week? Now yeah, let's do some, maybe like order. some kind of happier news because there's a lot of good grades here. And there's one bad one, but there's a few good ones. There's one, yeah, there's one really bad one, but there are some good ones. So let's do it exactly like last week. I'll go through, I'll give each player's grade. There's five this week, and then we could go in reverse order on the back end and see if we agree or disagree. Agree or disagree. Yes, on, okay. on the grade. So first up, we have Chris Gibson. He was graded by our writer, Kate, and he got a B on the season. Okay. Johnny Boychuk received a B. That was from you. From me, yep. Josh Bailey received an A from you. Jordan Eberle received an A from me. And Andrew Ladd received an F from me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we want to go, <laughs> we want to Tarantino that and start at the end or? Yeah. So now we're going to go in reverse order back. So we'll talk about Ladd first. Okay. Um, that's fair. F, come on. F is, 29 points, 73 games. I 12 goals. You know, his goal total was cut in half. I think that that's definitely an F season. Well, so like that wouldn't be an F season for anyone else. What's, What's turning it into an F is that Albatross contract over his head, that $5.5 million, not just this year, but for the next five years. After this year, he's got five years left after this season at 5.5. He's already, what, 34 years old? or th No, he's 32. 32. Yeah. So he'll be 37, 38 by the time this deal is done. And he's already bad. We've had zero good years of Andrew Ladd. Uh, and, and sorry, he's not bad. He's not good. Um, but for <laughs> well, five, good. You can be bad. okay. There's a there's a gray area there, but you're not five point five million dollars good, and it doesn't no. seem like he'll ever be that good. And and maybe that's not fair for a player grade that is supposed to be this year, but what he did this year was not good enough to get anything but a fail. No, that's the thing. Like, if you wanna, it makes it even worse when you take the contract into consideration. I was only focusing on this specific year. You okay. 31, well, yeah. He put up 31 points the year before. He had 23 goals. So it wasn't like he wasn't scoring really last year. Well, he wasn't for a long time, but he yeah. wasn't he, fair. But he ended up with 23, which is about what you would expect goal wise, not assist wise. You would think no. that he would have more than eight assists in a season. <laughs> eight single digit assists. Oh. That's almost impossible, right? Well, it's not. It sounds like something that sh should be impossible for a $5.5 million player, for sure. And then he somehow had less points on a single-digit assist year. What, what's going on? He went from 31 to 29. What's next, 25? Like, we're trending downwards. Yeah, that's the problem. We're trending downwards, but that contract isn't moving, and he's got a... Does he have a full no move? I think he's got a full no move for the whole thing. Well, full no I move think would it mean the whole thing. Modified no trade the last two. I want to look this up because this is going to bother. Yeah, me. I want to bring that up too because I know it's he's got a no move clause right now, and you're probably right with the the last three years are modified no trade. Okay. Where he submits a list of 15 teams he cannot be traded to. So over the half the league he can be traded to in 2021. So in we got two more seasons where we can't trade him. And those two scenes, like, he's got a no-trade clause. Right now, he's got a no-move. He's going to turn into a no-trade clause. Yikes. What are the odds we can get him to waive the no-trade? Uh, po possible, I suppose. Um, not great. Why, why would he, why, why he want to do that? For greener pastures. You can, I don't think that that's true. I don't think you can find a greener pasture. I, and what I mean by that is that we've uh, 
maybe we, we haven't. We're not the, the the Colorado Avalanche from last year, but I don't see this getting worse. It can only get better. What specifically? The, the Islanders, yes. I don't see it getting worse. It can't. It can't get worse than that. I, well, again, again, it's possible. I just don't see it happening. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the point here. Andrew Ladd had a terrible year. Yes, agreed. I think everyone's going to agree with our F. If I disagree <laughs> with our F. Please tweet at us at Eyes on Isles FS and tell us why. For yeah. some reason, you'd give him anything ex- except for an F. Put that little period at the start of your tweet, though, so everyone in the world can see that you think Andrew Ladd is good. Yes, do that, please. I won't <laughs> quote tweet you and call you an idiot. Totally. Uh, next up, we have Jordan Eberle. I gave him an A, even though he started off kind of slow. I think he gave you all you could have expected from him and more. Yeah, I don't I don't see why not. Uh, he had a bounce back year, which is exactly what you wanted from Jordan Eberle. Uh, I think I even wrote in my preview piece for him at the start of the season saying that a 60-point season from him would be fantastic, and he hit 59. So pretty good on him, pretty good on me. Just going to take that one uh yeah, yes. nice little pat pat on the back. That's all right. Uh, you could do it. There you go. Good job, me. Um, yeah, there, there's no reason to not give him an A. He was not instrumental in, in in helping Barzal be Barzal. I think he did that on his own. But he was a primary player on the Barzal show. And without him, who knows what Barzal... He probably would have hit 70, 60 points or 60, 70 points. But could he have hit 80 with Eberle there? I don't know. Maybe you can make that case. I mean, I definitely think their chemistry played a role in Barzal's Calder winning rookie season. Yeah. You're calling think? it now, huh? I'm calling it now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason not to. I'm looking at his uh uh Eberle's, that is hockey reference page and I noticed an interesting stat. Um he had 7 game winning goals this year, which was the most in his career. And last year with Edmonton, he actually had zero. Wow. So mm, that's clutch. From one extreme to the other. Yeah. Clutcherly. So, so good on him. The Islanders have him under contract for one more year, and then he becomes a UFA. Oof. Not looking forward to that year. Both he and Anders Lee up for grabs. Yuck. Yeah. I. We've talked about it before on this show. I think you can only keep one of them. That might be a story for another day, but yeah, let's let's move on from that one because I I don't like where you go with this. No, you don't, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your boy Bailey. Yes, in that A grade. Of course. Why wouldn't you give Josh Bailey an A? Seventy-one points, seventy-six games. Wait, was it seventy-one points? Now I'm doubting myself. I know. Uh, I have to look it up again. I'm pretty sure I had it right. I should have written it 71. down. I didn't write it. Yeah, yep. 71 and 74, was it? 76. 76. So he put up like 0.86 points per game, which is far and above what he's ever done before. Like his career high before this was 56 points, and he put up 53 assists this year. That's amazing. And and look, Eberle was on a line with Tavares and, and Lee at the start of the season, and it didn't work. They put Bailey out there, boom. It's not to say Bailey changed Tavares. And like I wrote in my piece... There, there is something to be said about what the effect that Tavares has on Bailey, but there's also something to be said about the effect that Bailey has on Tavares. W- whether it's comfort, whether it's just psychologically, psychologically, my God, that's not even a word. Psychologically, um, we, we, we thought, like again, like I wrote, we thought that a guy, Eberle, who's played a few weeks with Tavares back in 2009 could change everything, whereas we didn't think of putting a guy who's been with Tavares since 2009. Right, Bailey's been there since day one. He has. So he knows Tavares. They know how to play together, clearly from last season. And look, it worked again. It worked again. Two years is a trend. Well, I guess three years is a trend. And there's also the fact that Josh Bailey put up 26 power play points. That's insane. Oh, sorry, power play assists. Do you know how many he had or his career high was before that in power play assists? Nine. 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 That's a 288% increase on the power play. Ooh. I know. I did the math, math on that here. one. All right. Yeah. So they went because of that, not only because of 
Josh Bailey, but that's obviously a big factor here. Because of Bailey's performance on the power play, they went from a bottom-tier power play last year, we all remember their 15% efficiency last year, to a sixth-ranked power play this year with a 23.2% efficiency. Again, it's not only Bailey, but 26 from 9 in the previous season, that's a jump that you can attribute. You can say, that guy had an effect on the power play. Oh, yeah. So. You absolutely can. And I I agree with you. I'm giving Bailey an A, too. Career high in points, 71. He was at a point-per-game pace for most of the year. Mm-hmm. And I agree that Islanders' top line really gels well together, and, and they click. I don't want to mess with it. I think you can make the case that Eberle might be the more skilled player of the two, but for whatever reason, Bailey, Tavares, and Lee just work, so don't mess with it. Yeah, exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So it worked in 2016-17, worked again in 17-18, so definitely an A grade for Bailey. How about Boychuk's B? Okay, what do you what would you do you think B is fair? Or would you give him more or less? I I'm a little bit more nitpicky, I think, when it comes to Johnny Boychuk. Okay. I think I would give him either a B minus or C plus. Okay, why? What's your focus? What's your nitpicky focus? He missed a lot of time. Okay, well, that you can't really attribute to him. That's not really his fault, right? Yeah, but wouldn't that still that still affects your grade? Like class partic- yeah, class participation affected well, your grade. Well, no, no, no. see, school, class participation is a a voluntary thing. You decide if you want to participate or not. And so, if you don't participate, then that's that's your problem. I'm giving you a free ten percent. No. no, not necessarily the How case. You- Attendance factors into it. Right, but again, you decide if you attend. Like, you can still write a signal saying, like, hey, I can't actually make it because I'm sick or because I broke my leg or whatever it was that he – I forget what he what he got injured with this year. Was it an MCL or something? No, it wasn't that serious. He was, I, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head either. I think it was his lower body. body. Yeah. yeah. But again, like, it wasn't his fault for missing that time. So I don't like – because again, you would, then we would have to knock Bailey as well. But he didn't miss as much time. And it's not... No, well, he missed quite a bit. He missed eight games. No, sorry, six. To yeah. Bailey, Boychuk's yeah. So, like, yeah, he, clearly he missed a lot more time, but I don't feel right docking him for that. But that's fair. That's what you what? want to do. You don't, you don't, you know, whatever. You throw people under the bus for the injuries that they sustain by playing the game. That's fair. His career high in games played is 77. I know he's never played a full season. So then, again, he's just like following the trend. Do you keep knocking him for something that you know he's going to do anyways? I don't know. But well, let, I, let's – let's okay. Is that the only thing that you knock him for? No, he wasn't a really good possession player either. Oh, he was awful possession-wise. He had 46.9, I think it was, Corsi 4, 5-on-5, five five, which is terrible. God awful. I think that's the so, lowest he's ever had. What what are you basing the B on? The B is that when he was playing, he was still pretty good. He put up the points. He he wasn't the He wasn't the reason that the, the Islanders struggled defensively. He really wasn't. He helped on the power play. He did what he needed to do, uh or he did what he usually does. The fallout came from everyone else. Look, if, if we're going to take Corsi as the only reason that someone was good or bad, then we have to give like an A-plus to Thomas Hickey because his Corsi was good. No, I – you're being very Mr. Literal Man right now. <laughs> well, that's – if that's how we're going to go. I think he, was uh, a, he had an okay season, and to me an okay grade is a C-plus, B-minus. Okay, fair. That's to, that's fair. I don't grade anyone for a living, so when I go for grading, I just kind of say like, eh, that was okay. I don't want to be so harsh, so B. That's what I would like when I had an okay year, a B. But I don't grade people, so I don't I don't know. I don't know how that works. All right. I think that's the – so far, that's the only one that we've disagreed on. Yes. Also, get- like, the fact that he's 34 years old and he's making $6 million on the cap for the next – Three or four years, is it? It is three more. Yeah. Eesh. 
Not good. Not ideal. No, definitely not ideal. With, again, a no-move clause. Classic. Yay. <laughs> good job. No, he's got what, four years left on his deal. Oh, even better. So he's 38 years old. Actually, he'll be 39 probably because he turns his birthdays on the 1st, if I'm not mistaken, the 1st of January. I don't know why I remember that. Yeah, 84. It's a good year. Why is 84 a good year? Uh, That's because that's when I was born in 84. Oh, you're so washed. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to make you feel really bad. Do you know how old you were when I was born? How old I was when you were born. I was mm-hmm. probably 11, 12? 11. Yeah. Ugh. God. Unbelievable. You're so young. It's unreal. God. Okay, Chris Gibson, let's just move this along. <laughs> I don't have to feel old I anymore. To, I had to throw in my weekly dig at Mitch. I couldn't just let it go. That's fair. Chris Gibson got a B. Thanks to Kate. Uh, neither of us gave him this grade. So do you agree with Kate here with the B? Uh, yeah, again, like he had an okay time. His sample size is real small, so I can kind of hear the argument where, well, can we really give him a fair grade with that sample size? Sure, okay, fine. But if you had to give him a grade, a, a C plus B is fine, I would say. I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards C plus. I think he showed flashes, but was also inconsistent. And again, my like mediocre kind of grade, I think, is more like C plus. Okay. Yeah, you're a harsher grader, so that's fair. Like, what do we think of him for next year? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't. I don't really know. I really have no idea. We keep being linked to like these KHL players, or we we used to be like Koskinen isn't coming, uh, which is fine. I don't think any of them would fit. Even Sorokin, like, well, maybe Sorokin would, but he's not coming. No, I would love Sorokin to come, but I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I don't think so either. But. So I don't know what the Islanders do next year with for a goalie. They seem to be not linked to anyone. He's only played 12 NHL games. I don't think you could really go into next year relying on him to have a big-time role. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing, though. But you see, you still hear the argument that Linus Soderstrom should take over. He's got zero NHL games. And maybe he's put up good numbers in the SHL, but we don't know what he can do in the North American game. Whereas we know what Chris Gibson can kind of give us. We have a better idea with Chris Gibson than we do with Soderstrom. True. That's true. Although I don't think Gibson's numbers, his career numbers, it's a 902 save percentage and a 3.58 goals against average. So it's not, not necessarily good. anything good. It's not any better than what we already have. No, you're right. So, like, again, it's just kind of like, what the heck do they do then? They got three guys who are pretty much the same thing, and that's a below NHL average goaltending. Great. Yeah, the only th- positive for Soderstrom is he's much younger. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got that upside. And momentum. He's got the youth and the momentum coming over. So we'll see. Maybe he makes the transition right away, and it's an easy thing for him. I, I would love for that to happen. Uh, there's obviously a risk involved, but and I, I'm risk-averse, so... Yeah, I would think it would make sense to start him at the AHL level and see what he does there. So I think if I'm the Islanders in this case, I'm going out and I'm making a move for an NHL goalie. Yeah, easily. Easily. Agreed. So that's what we got for player grades. F. Ladd, Eberly A, Bailey A, Boychuk B, and Gibson B. That's fair-ish. We'll see. Moving on, we got player development next. Mitch looked at the AHL Bridgeport Sound Tigers this week, looked at five guys that they've developed. You want to go a little bit more in depth with this one? So obviously the reason I did this is the whole Joshua Shang thing and Michael Dalcole thing um, and them being not busts, although Dalcole, yes. Um, but it's what has Bridgeport really done over the last five years for the Islanders? How have they served the Islanders? Because that's what they're there for. If you've ever watched the West Wing, they all serve at the pleasure of the president. The uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers serve at the pleasure of the New York Islanders. Um, They are there to help the Islanders. So what have they given, what have they developed for the Islanders uh, over the last five years? I didn't want to go all the way back. Over the last five years, and looking at who's on the roster now, because it's great that they maybe developed a real good player who's playing for Minnesota Wild right now. Well, that's not really helping. 
Um, so what I came up with was Alan Quine, Casey Zizekas, Ryan Pullock. Uh, who else did I have? Calvin DeHaan. And there's a fifth one that I didn't write down on my notes here. It doesn't matter. Uh, frig, I forget. I want to remember. Oh, Ross Johnson. That's who it was. Okay. And, like, there's no one really there that stands out outside of Ryan Pulak, right? Those last four guys, what do, what do they really do? They're fourth-line players. Maybe not Calvin DeHaan. Calvin DeHaan's a fine second-pair defenseman. Maybe. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty decent NHL d- defenseman. Right. But in terms of, like, impact player, what have they really given us? Ryan Pulak is right now potentially the best example of it. He had a yes. really good year this year. But if he doesn't eclipse that, then he's probably just at the, the same level as Calvin Hahn, which is fine. It's not great. It's not a, like, no, I, he's only taken over a game once. He had that five-point game, right? Um, yes. I want to see more out of him. I want, sorry, I want to see more of that five-point player. And I think he's got it in him. And if so, then that's the best prospect that Bridgeport has ever produced for us, which is okay, for him, but then it's we still had Joshua saying we still had Michael Del Cole uh, that they weren't able to turn into NHL players, and that's a huge problem. So, are you saying that it's a knock on Bridgeport and the scouts and developers down there more so than the players themselves? Well, the players obviously take blame for that, and that's what I wrote saying like. There, there's a 50-50 here. It's like the players take blame for getting themselves to a point, but the team and the organization also has a responsibility to mold these players into what they can be at the NHL level. And it's not necessarily just to say that you have to be this type of player. It's to realize what type of player you have and what type of player you drafted and how to maximize what that player offers for you. And they haven't been able to do it with Del Cole and Hosang. Because it seems that they don't fit that style of player that they like to mold, like Quine, like Sezikis, like DeHaan. These are just solid, defensively-minded players, whether offensive or defensive in terms of position. They're just really solid all-around. That's great, but these guys aren't solid all-around. They're not. They're not ever going to be that. They will be defensive liabilities, but their offensive capabilities will more than make up for their defensive shortfalls. And they just don't know how to turn these players into NHL-ready players. Look at Nino, for example. Same thing. Yeah, that was a failed experiment. Yeah, and and if you look at the roster now and you think, well, who else have they had? Beauvillier? Nope. Skipped skipped Bridgeport. He only played two games for them ever. Um, Barzell? Skipped. Bailey, skipped. Lee, same thing. He did play in Bridgeport for 51 games one year, but that was four years after being drafted. So did they really develop him? No, they didn't. He stopped there because they weren't really sure if he was going to make it at the NHL level, and he did. It wasn't wasn't Bridgeport that that turned Anders Lee into a 40-goal scorer. No, I think Lee definitely did more of his developing at the NHL level. Uh, maybe, but what I'm trying to say is he also had that three years at Notre Dame. And I think that three years post-draft was more instrumental to his development than that 51 games in Bridgeport. Well, you're probably right there because of how much time was spent at one place versus the other. Yeah. Because, again, after that three years, he came and played in the NHL for two games, and I guess their season was done and that he stopped. The next season, he uh, he played another... I think he started in the AHL, and after 51 games moved right into the NHL and, and never looked back. So <laughs> I wouldn't say Bridgeport developed him. No, definitely not. Definitely not in that regard. I Specifically for Del Cole and Hosang. You know I'm a Hosang guy. You know I'm not necessarily a Del Cole guy. Yes. I'm worried for both of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure either of them have an impact on the Islanders roster. Going forward. I like how you worded that. I don't disagree with you. I really don't. I, I think they're I traded. Hosang too, yeah. I think they're both I, moved. I think so too. And you know what? That's probably best for both of them. It's not good for us, but it's best for them as individuals. And I think they could, keyword could, turn into something at the next level with a change of scenery, especially Hosang. Oh, easily, Hosang. I don't think that's even a could. It's will. 
that that's a Nino Niederreiter situation easily. Because the frustrating part is we saw the flash in 2016-17. It was just like this past year, I feel like there's a lot of narrative that went against Hosang. I don't understand why a lot because the, the, the narrative built up after the send down. Before the send down, there was no negative narrative that, that was established or existed. So I, I don't understand. I, I understand why there's a narrative, negative narrative now, but why did they, like, that didn't exist before the send down? Why did they send him down for defense? Like, it's still, I still don't get it. I still don't get it because that's something you can learn at the NHL level. That is teachable. So there's got to be more to this. There has to be more, or there isn't, and the Islanders are just idiots. Which is possible. That's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure I made the analogy where it's like you're trying to ride a two-wheeler, and Josh Hosang was struggling a little bit on the two wheels. So instead of continuing to practice on the two wheels, they slapped the training wheels back on, and th- that was essentially the send down to the AHL. Yeah. So he's not really he's not improving anymore at the AHL level. He's already done fairly well at that level. It's the NHL where he needs to continue to grow. Yeah, exactly. So, well, what we think, they keep putting him on the third and fourth line. Maybe there's something to it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Like, I don't understand how he's going to learn how to be a defensive player. I don't, I don't, like, I'm sure there's a way to do it, but is it putting him on the third and fourth line in the AHL? Again, I'm not a coach, but it doesn't seem to be working. So it seems that the argument is on my side. But I don't make the decision, so he sticks in Bridgeport. I guess so. But that one, I agree with you. That one's a frustrating one, too. No, oh, easily. Like, it's it's so frustrating because, like you said, there's potential there on both sides. But it's been so beaten out of them that I don't I don't know if, like, Dal Cole especially, I don't know if he can recover from this. I feel bad for him. I definitely do. He's a top five pick, and, like, he gave you, what, 14 points this year? It was something, like, crazy low. I, th- I think it was maybe it was that low. I- I'm sure it was a little higher than that, but it, it-, it wasn't much higher. If so, but even even then, like this guy's not got a sniff at the NHL. Well, sorry, he's got one little sniff and did nothing. Well, they put him on a third line with Tanner Fritz and Andrew Ladd. I think it was <laughs> twenty four points he put up. Twenty four. Yep, seven goals, seventeen assists. Yeah. And he Still has not, not good four NHL games played since. What he was drafted in fourteen, was it? Yeah. In four in three years. That's not, not good. good. When you're yeah. picking top five, you're supposed to get an impact player. Yeah. Like soon. Exactly. And whether that's all on him or all on both sides, there's an issue. And like this guy was dominant at the AHL level. And I understand it's possible that players can be dominant at the AHL level and are sorry, the OHL, OHL level, and not be good at the NHL. Everyone will keep throwing out Rob Shrimp. But Rob Shrimp was okay and then had an outstanding explosive season where he put up 134 points in a year. Dal Cole was consistently good. He had 48 points, 95 points the next year, 93 points the year after that, and then put up another 80 points the year after that. Year after year after year, he had over 80 points or more. Sorry, 80 points or more in three seasons straight. The kid could play at the at the AHL level and dominate, and then just fell off a map the second he was drafted. Please. Yeah, I definitely think it's a mix of both. Or sorry, the second he was brought into the organization because he was drafted and still played in the OHL. There's something there. There definitely where, is. Where and, there's smoke, there's fire. And he could definitely benefit from a change of scenery. And the Islanders are going to have to make some trades this offseason. So yeah. I think. Package. It's not the worst thing in the world if they package alcohol in a trade. No, it's just unfortunate to see him go because it did. It doesn't really feel like he got his shot. Um, but maybe he, obviously there's there's more to it than than what we're seeing. But it just doesn't seem like he got a shot, or he ever even had a chance. Do you know who did get their shot though? Who's that? Matthew Barzell. No, who was nominated for the Calder. That was our third short topic. Matthew Barzell officially nominated, that was hard to get out for some reason, for the Calder Trophy. It was him, Clayton Keller, and Brock Besser. So, do you think he wins it? I say facetiously, fully well-knowing, and realizing you answered it earlier. 
Yes. Yes, I do think he wins. It was a historic season on many levels. He was way up there in assists. He had 63. He had as almost as many assists as the next rookie had points. Yeah, right? Clayton Keller had 65 points on the year. So he could have went scored zero goals and still been in the conversation for the Calder, That's right. which is pretty crazy. That's insane. He could have he, been at the top of the of his of his class without scoring a goal. That's nuts. Insane. So he played all 82 games. He had 85 points, so over a point per game. As a 20-year-old in the NHL is a amazing sign. Yep. Um, obviously, I, I wanted to bring up some 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 good players. I wanted to even look at different positions. Like, who is the best D this year that could have challenged? Who is the best goalie that could have maybe challenged? Because we always see, we, we look at points, but like Aaron Ekblad won a, a Calder, and he was nowhere near the top five in points for rookies. He was eight that year. Um, and even he was only the second highest scoring defenseman in his rookie class and still won the Calder Trophy. So I wanted to look, was there a potential for upset somewhere there? And the the highest scoring defenseman was Will Butcher with 44 points, not even a finalist. And you're like, 44 points is still pretty darn good for a rookie. It's almost half of what Barzell got. Half. I was thinking maybe Charlie McAvoy. But again, you're looking at points, right? Like that, this is the highest scoring defenseman. If you're not even a highest scoring defenseman, you're not even close to it. I'm not even consider you. Yeah, fair point. Uh, and then in terms of nets, the, the best rookie goalie, and I'm I'm judging this based off of wins, was Tristan Yari with 14 wins, a 908 save percentage, and a 277 goals against average. That's not, not good enough. Good. The last goalie to win the um, the Calder was Steve Mason back in 2009 when he put up a 33-win season with a 915 save percentage and a 229 goals against average with 10 shutouts. Dominant. That is dominant. Very. And now he's the backup in Winnipeg. <laughs> Although not, not the worst place to end up, really. No, they're looking good. Yep. Um, so, like, I don't... There, there's no one else that could have challenged. The narrative was there for Brock Besser because of all those, the goal scoring. Uh, but Barzal is a class. It's, it's, he's a cut above everyone else, easily. There's definitely a, dif- a difference. And that's just no disrespect to Clayton Keller or Brock Besser who are both fantastic NHL players. Yeah. It's just not, they didn't have as good of a season as Barzal did. That's right. That's it. Agreed. Yeah. Perfect. All right. That was a nice and short one. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. There's nothing really to talk about. Barzal nominated. He's going to win easily. And it feels, it feels good as an Islanders fan to have someone up there that has, that has had a historic season. It just, it's kind of, Good and infuriating because you realize he had that historic run, and they still missed the playoffs by 17 points. Seven, it's, they weren't even close. In a way, it's a silver lining, but in another way, it's like, hey, wait a minute. We had some solid pieces. How did we miss the playoffs by this yeah. much? How were we this bad? How did we be th- – like, it doesn't make sense how we were this bad when we had players this good. It doesn't. Matter. I shake my head in disgust. Yes, as you should. All right, let's get into the longer topic this week, trade bait. I know there was a a couple ideas that were floating around that you particularly enjoyed, so I want you to bring them up and we'll talk about them. Okay, so first thing is it's not necessarily a trade bait in terms of what we're giving up, but it's other trade bait that's out there. And uh, it was something that a friend suggested to me that I really wanted to get off my chest because I'm torn I like the trade, but I also don't like the trade. So the trade is the New York Islanders get Eric Carlson and Bobby Ryan at 25% off of his cap. His cap right now is $7.25 million. And I think 25% brings him just above $5 million. Let me do the math here. Times 0.25 is minus 7.25 is 5.4. Okay. So it's high. It's not super high. And Carlson's at 6.5 for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get Carlson and Ryan. And they, the Ottawa Senators, get Calvin DeHaan, which is fine, I guess, because whatever, he's a UFA. Uh, they get Hosang 
they get both our first round picks this year. And that's where I hum and haw. I like it because I would love Carlson. I don't know how the cap works out. I haven't done all the math. Uh, and it obviously depends on if we keep Tavares. Uh, sure. And I guess if we keep if we get Carlson, then we keep Tavares. Um, but giving up the two first rounds for a year of Eric Carlson? Oh, especially I... that we don't know that if it's a lottery pick or not. Like, if, sorry, a top three pick. Yeah, I'm not sure that Carlson would resign here. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about too. And I also want no part of Bobby Ryan. No. Well, see, he's he's got flashes though. Like last year, he was pre, he was okay. He wasn't worth seven point two five, but he was worth five. Uh, let we me. Had I think three points. Last year, not this year. He had twenty five points the year before. Oh, was it that? Or uh, maybe I'm thinking of two years ago where he put up like fifty five points or something like that. Yeah, fifty. Six in 2015-16. There it is. Yeah, when Ottawa went on that ridiculous run to the playoffs, and then even then in the playoffs he put up, even just last year he put nine. No, sorry, fifteen points up in nineteen games. He was great in the playoffs. Um, but if we can get him at fifty, get him to that fifty-six point pace, great. But we don't have that room, really. When you look at our top six, what's he going to do? He's going to take Bovillia's spot next to Barzal. I'm not ready to do that. No, or what are you going to have the most expensive third line in hockey? With both <laughs> We're trying to have the line? most expensive lines throughout. We are the most expensive bottom six guys. What? What? No, I. With all due respect to your friend, I don't. I'm not a fan of this trade. Yeah, I. I, I also don't see it happening because what are they outside of the first rounds? We're not clearing up any cast space, and they're getting a UFA in Carl uh, Calvadahan. Great, that doesn't really do us any favors. He's no. probably going to leave anyways. So, but if you, if you look at that and they're not lottery picks, I'd make that trade. If it works into the cap, sure, make that trade and figure out what to do with Bobby Ryan. Uh, I don't like it. Okay. I'm still, I don't think we're going to agree on it. We're going to have to agree to disagree. Probably not. Okay, so then that gets me into what's tradable from the Islanders right now. What is trade bait that we currently possess? Okay, the easy answer is the two first-round picks. Yes, absolutely. That That's the first thing. It's not the first thing that should go, but it's the first thing that you consider. I have a hot take. Okay. I don't know if I should share it on the show or wait to write it. Uh, I I kind of want to hear it now, but I... Hmm. I'm going to... I'll, I'll give I'll give a... I'll give it and give I'll write it eventually. Because okay. we don't have the same audience, per se. Right. I think the Islanders should trade both their first-round picks. Okay. For what? One defenseman. Okay. And one goalie. And do you have two in mind, like either of those in mind, or are you just throwing that out there? I'm, I'm going to save that for the written piece. Oh, God. That's what they call a tease in the business, folks. <laughs> Jesus, Murphy. So at okay. one point this offseason, it's on my list of things to hit. On the offseason. Before the draft comes, obviously. Okay. I've got a list here of three defensemen they should go after. All right. Let's get those. So first. So, yeah. I wanted to get the list off of tradable pieces first before I get into who they can trade, who they should trade for. So who they can give up being the Islanders is Brock Nelson is a good one. Yes. He's he's a 20-goal player uh, every year-ish, except for last year at 19. Um, teams are going to want that. He's still RFA, so he's got team control. And like his his qualifying offer is $3.5 million for one year. He was making two point five last year. So do you give Brock Nelson a million-dollar raise? Yes. You have to if you qualify him. But if you can trade him and get someone else to qualify him, great. Yeah, that's the move. Um, <laughs> you have Hosang, and then you have Devin Tate's. Del Cole. I wouldn't. Call, I wouldn't consider him a trade bait because he's like a toss in at this point. No one's going to come calling for him, but someone's going to come calling for Brock. Someone's probably going to come calling for for Hosang. I know no one wanted to touch him at the draft, but after seeing what he can do at the NHL, they might think twice, uh, and they might also think that we can probably get the best out of him. Look, someone wanted to do that with PK Subban, so like, and he had an attitude problem, quote unquote, <laughs> uh, and. 
Devin Tays has worth. It's just that can they fit him in the roster? I don't know. I, I they, they 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 can if they want to. It's, are they going to be able to do so? Maybe not. That's just it. I don't know if they if they bring in another veteran player and they already have Mayfield and Pelic signed to long term deals. Um, they're clearly going to sign Pelic or sorry Pulak. They've got Letty and Boychuk. I'm already at five. And they're probably going to keep one of Dehan and Hickey. We're now at six. And who's the Taze is now the floater? Yeah. Or, are they, or do they make Mayfield Pellick one of the floaters? That would make more sense to me. Making yeah. So or Mayfield. That, that can fit, right? That, that they can make it fit if they want to. I just I don't trust them to do so because with Seidenberg gone, I believe that that Garth is going to go out and get that aging veteran defender. Oh, it's going to be dumb, and I'm going to hate the move and, yeah. and write nasty things about it on the internet. But my pick, it's Josh happen. George's. It's going to be Josh George's for a million dollars. That's honestly, I think you brought that one up before, but that's yeah. a great guess. That's my guess, unless it's going to be Johnny Boychuk, because Johnny Boychuk again, a little older. 34 he'll be 35 next january he could fill in that that veteran role he's already on payroll but anyway so that's who i have as trade bait coming out of the islanders okay who i think they should go for my top three ryan murray out in cbj okay top three pick not doing that great in cbj and he's overshadowed by uh seth jones and zach warensky i think he'd be a great young pick for us to throw in on our t- on a top four to fill in that uh, that Travis Hamannick role. Or if Calvin Hahn leaves, the Cal- Calvin Hahn role that he picked up from Travis Hamannick. Okay. Next is Ryan McDonough. I don't think it's going to happen oh, because he that. used to be a New York Ranger. But if the Rangers can, like, or people can tag or link Tavares to the Rangers, then you know what? We can link McDonough to the Islanders because it just makes sense. He's going to be extra... He's going to be spare parts to the Tampa Bay Lightning once this, the the season is over, whether they win the Stanley Cup or not. Um, I think he's made available. I think he's made available for the right price. And if you're giving them picks and prospects, I think they take it. Agreed. And then my last one, I already wrote about it, but it's Matt Dumba. I think 49 points from the back end in, in, in Minnesota. I think it works. I like that one too. It's And he's he's coming up at the end of a deal. They may not have enough cap space. They still have to sign um, Jason Zucker, who's got 64 points this season, as well as Matt Dumba, who's got 49 points. They might not have enough cap space. I think at the moment they have $137,000 on the cap. They open up to $10 million next year, but we'll see. They, they, they might be willing to do something. Who knows? I think that's a good target to have, and maybe that's someone that you inquire about. If you can say, we'll give you Brock Nelson, who's younger, who's got that potential for 20 goals, who's from Minnesota, um, and we'll give you, I don't know, Joshua Sang, or we'll give you Devin Tays as a younger, puck-moving defenseman who's who's cap-friendly. There you go. I like that. I think that can get the deal done, maybe. Or at least start. I, I, who knows what deals can get done? Like who knows that where we're, we've seen what Peter Chiarelli can do. So I think that at least opens up a conversation at with least, those yeah. two. You know, maybe they start talking picks involved and somebody else coming back from Minnesota at that point. But I think you're not getting left off the phone with those, starting with those two names. Yeah, easily. So that those were my three: Murray, McDonough, Dumba. Okay. I want to add another one to the mix. Okay. Another defenseman or another player? Defenseman. Okay. Justin Falk. Yeah, you love him, don't you? I do. I really want him as the second. No. Yeah, second pair right-handed shot. What makes you think that a divisional rival will trade us their captain? Because the Hurricanes are terrible and haven't made the playoffs in a really long time and okay. they need to rebuild and I haven't seen teams that need to rebuild turn away picks okay fair enough I, I honestly wanted you to say because you thought McDonough could be traded to the Islanders oh and that and too so- I wrote that too yeah <laughs> um, yeah I I like it I like the pick uh, of the player I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Islanders um, he had a down year this year with the Hurricanes so why the heck not 
Yeah, I think they'd have to move somebody, and I think they need help on the offensive side of things, and the Islanders have an excess of that, so. Exactly. Why the heck not? It's a need for a need. Yes, it's within conference. Yes, it's within division. Who cares? I have a need. I need to go fill it. Yeah, it it shouldn't matter. I feel like we're preaching to the choir when I'm talking to you about this, but it shouldn't matter what team you're dealing with. If you see a player that can make you better, go get him. Yeah, yeah. Or try to. If the other team's not willing, then, well, you know, whatever. That's what happens. But at least go try. You've got no... The worst you can hear is a no. That's what my dad keeps telling me. So that must apply to the NHL. It's like when you ask the hottest girl to prom. That's right. Yeah, he told me that too. That definitely that didn't work. work. It definitely did not work. Um, I got stood up the day before. So No, you got stood up the day before prom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, sorry, it wasn't a stood up. It was, I confirmed the date and then like weeks beforehand. That was nerve wracking as all hell. And then with with a day left to the prom, I was I was looking good. I had everything figured out. I was super excited. And then she calls. She's like, I can't make it. Yeah, she she knew she could. She's just trying to back out of it as politely as she could. So I went alone. Oh, oh! It, it gets rough. worse. It gets worse. Oh, I got tell. I got ditched by my friends. It wasn't ditched, but they forgot I was there. Um, so we were all we left the the dance hall where everyone hangs out. We went to like there was a piano. We all hung around the piano, and then it turns out that someone had a room. One of our friends had a room, and she's like, "Come on, guys! I have a room upstairs. I have a bunch of beers in a, in a tub full of ice. Let's go party up there." And I was like, "Perfect. Let's all go." Hold the phone though, guys. I need to go get my jacket back in the ballroom. So I run to get my jacket, and by the time I come back, everyone's gone. And I have no idea where the room is. And oh. I'm the only one with a cell phone. Remember, this is a time when people didn't have cell phones. That wasn't a thing. Yeah, I don't know how people worked like that. I'm glad that I wasn't a teenager without a cell phone. I'll, I'll say that. It was quite easy. I remember going to Iceland some years later, and we didn't have our phones on us. So we're like, how the heck do we coordinate where we're going to meet? Oh, look, we have watches. Just be here at 11. Done. It's a lot easier. No, you see, I, I, as the anxious millennial, I will like. I'm the <laughs> one who like be like text my friend like, "Hey, I'm outside," just because I don't want to go and like ring the doorbell and have to talk to their parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's awkward. See, so we're seeing we're seeing the age difference here. Yes. And in the off-season, we can get into these great discussions. <laughs> About my terrible misgivings as a teenager. Oh, it's I relatable. was a loser. <laughs> you did say you played Dunces and Dragons. I did. Quite a lot. Um, so, okay. Back to trade pieces. Is there a goalie that we can target? We keep talking about defensemen, but we know we need a goalie. Is there one out there we can look at? Darcy Kemper. Why do you keep going with Darcy Kemper? Because he's Why extremely so cheap. Did he see any good? I haven't looked up his stats because he plays for Arizona, so I assume anyone who plays for Arizona is bad. You would assume wrong, Mitch. Okay. Why? He Pro- had a very good year this year. Did he? Because his team was the dog poop. He had a 920 save percentage and a 2.52 goals against average. How many games played? 29. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, all right. I don't know if you can do that over 40 games, but a 30-game sample size is pretty darn good. Uh, is he out of contract, or has he got a few years left? Oh, oh, he's got a very reasonable contract. Would you like to hear it? I would. Would you like to hear it? As I say again, as I'm still trying to pull up <laughs> hockey. <laughs> I bet you I'm not that fast. Come on. That, that, that almost sounded like a bit like we'd rehearse it. Well, we, we clearly didn't because you're not even ready. He has. Yeah. He signed a two-year extension with Arizona, but so did Ranta. So he, he's going to be a backup. So two years at, ready, drum roll, $1.85 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For two more years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you take you take a flyer on that because it's extremely yeah. cheap. If it doesn't work out, who cares? Yeah, exactly. One point eight million dollars, no big deal. 
That's well, the... it could be if we're at the top of the cap, but still, doesn't matter. No. Yeah, I like it because I'm looking at the list of like UFAs, and they're not good. Like Robin Leonard, but that's that's an RFA. Um, Halak is the second highest ranked one. I think that's just because of cap hit. Yeah, for going based off of safe percentage, who's the best one out there? Uh, Langhammer because he's got one game. Carter Hutton, <laughs> that's the one I was going for, but he's 32. Right, like Carter Hutton's out of a contract. He's got 17 wins this season with a 209-931 save percentage. Oh. But That's not a bad choice. He's 32. He had a pretty good year last year starting 30 games also in 2016 yeah. 17. So like he's got he's got everything there. It's just the age. The age is not great. So he what about like is 32? What if he did like a 2-year deal? I, I like it. I, I love it. And you can give him a $3.5 million two-year deal. Done. You're the starter. And You're making more than the backup. We're good to go. I think... And is Grice your backup? Grice is... Yeah, Grice is the backup. I think that's fair. It's... I mean, you're rolling out essentially the same Halak-Grice pair at, uh, tandem, but I think... With a significant upgrade... Right, like Carter Hutton has shown that he can get average or above average goaltending uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at these numbers. Since 15-16, he had a 9-18, 9-13, 9-31, and then 2.33 goals against average, 2.39 and 209. Yeah. He had a really good year this year. Um, again, it's the age. I understand the age. He's 32. But I think that's the guy that they got. you have to look at. You have to look at Carter that's, Hutton and say, this is the guy we're going to give a shot. That's not to. bad. Or, I mean, uh, or, you know, or whatever the one you said. I already forget his name. because Darcy Kemper? There. Yeah, he's Arizona. I don't care. But he's got good numbers. He's Kemper's got good numbers, so I'll, I'll give you that much. Small-minded, ignorant fool. Yep. Yeah. I don't care about anything that lives in a desert. So. That's just mean. How could you say that about cactuses? Cacti. Is that the plural of cactus? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. To be fair, I thought Nova Scotia was New Brun or was uh, Newfoundland. So what do I know? I thought Alaska was an island. Oh, my dishwasher does not do a good job. No, this... Mitch is eyeballing his glass of water. And he looked in disgust. So I have I have a, a relatively old dishwasher, and it like it keeps throwing up stuff if we place our glasses in very specific spots. Uh, and obviously, we put this glass in a, in a no fly zone, and it's got like <laughs> sediment in there. And I've been drinking this glass for the last hour or two without realizing what was in my glass already. So I don't feel good right now. <laughs> oh God. All right. Do you have any more trade ideas or anything of that nature? No, I I, I keep looking at the fact that Connor Hellebuck is an RFA, but he's going to get signed big time. Like, there's, there's not even a you can maybe take a flyer at him and try to offer sheet him, but you're not going to get it. So why even why even waste the time? True. But that would be so nice to get Connor Hellebuck. Oh, was that the most wins by an American goalie ever? In a season with 44 this year he got? That's insane. Uh, is it? It was something like that. I'm pretty sure that's exactly it. Yeah, 40. Oh, Jesus. 44 and 11. Yeah, he's 40, not going sorry. anywhere. Yeah, he's 43, 11, and 6 is what they have here. With 238 and 923 save percentage. Like, he was fantastic. And he's still fantastic. So, I don't know, man. Like We, we obviously have to get a goalie. We obviously have to get defensemen. Uh, I like the idea of signing DeHaan again, but I just at the price that it might cost, I'd rather give, I'd rather get someone else in. Um, and a goalie is just, we're going to have to try a backup. Like people might not be happy about it, but we might have to try a backup for a couple of years. Yeah. You might have to try to catch lightning in a bottle with like Connor Hutton, like guys like that. Yeah. Or whatever your guy's name is. Darcy Kemper. There he is. He was only traded to Arizona a couple of months ago. That, that means immediately I can write him off. Do you not care about Los Angeles or California? Well, they're not in the desert, are they? 
I don't know. I don't know what your ridiculous <laughs> things are. What floats your boat and what doesn't? Deserts don't float my boat. Arid, dry, gross deserts don't float my boat. <laughs> oh boy! All right, do you got anything for the social segment? I don't. I, I've been. Feel I've been prepared. too focused on um, figuring out who to trade for. I thought maybe we can go over our playoff brackets. Oh, do we have to? Like, yeah, seriously? we do. We Why? definitely do because Why? yours is poo. <laughs> yours is poo. Go ahead, you can admit it. It's poo. It's poo. It's really bad. My bracket is really bad. Um, what's the score right now? So right now we're recording this on Wednesday. So the last the last game is being played between Boston and Toronto. It was three three last I checked. Uh, it could could potentially be over by this point. It might, it's probably over by now, unless they got into overtime. Why is our internet super slow? I don't understand. Ooh, it's six four Boston oh. with five minutes to go. Oof. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so I had Boston taking that series in six. So obviously, I'm, I'm not 100 percent right. Um, I had the Winnipeg Jets winning in five, so I got that one right. right. So good job by me. I also had the Tampa Bay Lightning winning in five. Good job by me. So, so far, I'm pretty good, Matt. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, If Boston holds on, I will have every single one of my selections moving on. Not in the exact right amount of games. But Mitch tried to sit here and spew this propaganda that the Vegas Golden Knights are not ready for the big stage. They're a and the misfit, they picked them up on the island of misfit toys the whole nine yards. They're from the desert. And they swept L.A. in four games. Mark andre Fleury, the ageless wonder, is just out there, out-dueling Jonathan Quick. It wasn't even close all series long, Mitch. Well, sorry, it was close. It was like 2-1, one games. That was quite close. And even then, I, I want to bring up something about you, – you brought up Jonathan Quick, and I think it's important to look at what he did in the playoffs this year. And if my internet could load, I could tell you in a second. In his 2017-18 playoffs, Jonathan Quick played four games, lost all four, with a 1.55 goals against average and a 9.47 save percentage. You don't put up those kind of numbers and get bounced in the first round or, or, or swept. That's th- those are Stanley Cup winning numbers. It's but not that's not credit to the Golden Knights. They played a close series. They won. They deserved to win, but they played a good team. And they they could have easily been swept themselves. Easily. That what a spin zone, Mitch. That was good. I, you know, I got I got to clap it up yeah? for you. Yeah, you like that? that? What a spin. Yeah. You just said that a sweep. Yeah. Was a close series, and they could have easily been on the other end. Absolutely, absolutely. I got, I got to tip my hat to you. That was a good one. Okay, I'm going to write something for my other blog about it, and I'm going to CCU on it on how this was a close series and why the Golden Knights could have easily been swept as well. Look out! All right. So, do you think the Sharks beat Vegas in the second round? Yeah, I do. I really do. And I know it's going against the grain because everyone's saying Vegas is going to win the cup because it's the narrative. No, like the Sharks are just a better team. And, and but like who who knows? I could be wrong again because I've been wrong all season. So like whatever. I still think the Sharks will win. All right, what about between Nashville and Winnipeg? Oh, pfft, Nashville's winning that series. Okay, I think Nashville does also, but I think it's close. Yep, I I, I don't deny that it might be close, but the, 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 I, I do think that Nashville wins that series. There's no I, reason that Nashville shouldn't win that series. What about for Tampa against Boston slash Toronto, perceivably Boston? I think Tampa takes that series. That's what I said already. Yeah, I'm still sticking by Boston. Yeah. So hopefully they hold on tonight. Right. Uh, and then finally we have Caps Pens. Oh, the Pens one? one? Yeah, another one you flubbed. <laughs> I know. You said Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. You said Philly in seven. Yeah. But Pittsburgh won in six. God. If it wasn't for Couturier's torn MCL. Oh, no way. He still put up four goals with a torn MCL. He still played extremely well. 
Are you still confident in your cup pick? Yes. Absolutely. This is the year. They're going to destroy the Penguins in five. Penguins in... You're going to say Caps in five? Caps in five. Done. I'll, I'll say Pens in seven. Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, we need to make this interesting. I don't know how, but we're going to have to figure it out. I'm all for gambling. I'm I'm in on the gamble. So whatever okay. whatever you got, just let me let me know. Okay, I give me the, the evening to think about it, and I'll, and I'll post something tomorrow morning asking, and and, and putting my bet forward. Okay, Perfect. I got Venmo. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's all I had for social, and we're running a little bit on the longer side too. So yes. I think it's time to wrap it up. This has been episode number thirty-six of the Eyes on Isles podcast. I can't believe we've done thirty-six of these. It's amazing, and man. We're not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, can't so don't stop, go, won't stop. So don't you go anywhere. But first, before we completely sign off, we're going to remind you to follow our socials on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS for the blog. My f- personal is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And as always, be sure to go to the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your Islanders needs. Mitch, another episode in the books. Let me know what you want to do with this bet. Yep. Yeah, tomorrow morning, you'll find out. Awesome. We will talk to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.